The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Thank you for joining us today for Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. It's always a treat to have you with us, and today we're finishing up our study in Habakkuk. Let me ask you, what would you do if God's hand took away everything that you depend upon? Would you then be able to rejoice and to praise God? Could you still trust Him to handle things? So this episode's going to have a challenge for you and me, and I hope you'll stay tuned for it. Let me remind you of our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. And I hope that you'll find some time to go there and look at some of the resources that we have for you there. We have books. We have articles. Many of our resources are free. Some of them do have a price. Blogs, videos, and a magazine with a free subscription. That's the same name as this radio program, Grace in Focus. And please do consider being with us at our national conference coming up in May. There's still time to plan for that and to get registered. May the 22nd through the 25th are the dates, and you'll find details and how to register on our website. That's faithalone.org, faithalone.org. Now let's have a listen to today's discussion, our final discussion in the book of Habakkuk. Gentlemen? I think we're in the final... 100 meters of the marathon that is Habakkuk. We're down to the last four verses. Verse 16. Let's go through these four verses. They're some of the most well-known in the whole book. These are wonderful verses. In fact, I would recommend them for memorization. Yes. Habakkuk has gone through describing the Lord, his nature or his character, and all the marvelous works that he's done. And I think in very poetic language, he spoke of the deliverance from Egypt through the Red Sea and and all that. He essentially got reminded that the Lord is sovereign. The Lord's uh, response in chapter 2 overwhelmed Habakkuk to the point where all he could do was recite back to God who God is. I remember one of my professors in seminary said this, and I think it's right. He said, If you read the Psalms, the psalmist a lot of times says the same thing over and over again in different Psalms. But my professor said, that's how the psalmist increased in his faith. Because the more you repeat something, the more it becomes a part of you. I think it's kind of like what they do in the military. You do the same routine over and over again to the point where it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. You know, that repetition becomes a part of you. And my professor said the same thing about reciting back to God who God is, not that like God forgets, but you are acknowledging who he is and the marvelous things he's done. Over time, that becomes a part of you. And God delights in that. God delights in that. You're exactly right. In fact, when I teach the Psalms, I always encourage people, when you pray, always have some, I don't care how deep trouble you're in or how traumatic a situation you're in, always have a word of praise or acknowledgement. Lord, you are the Lord of the whole world. Mm -hmm. Just acknowledge back to God who God is. And then you can let the Lord know your requests. But at the risk of sounding legalistic, I think every one of our prayers should include praise Mm -hmm. of some kind. That's essentially what Habakkuk has done too. He acknowledges God for not only who he is, but what he has done. Right. And as a result of that, at the very end of this prayer in Habakkuk chapter 3, starting at verse 16, this is essentially Habakkuk's commitment to praise. Mm -hmm. 
Notice what he says in verse 16. When I heard, my body trembled. I mean, it was a physical reaction to being so overwhelmed. I heard Charles Ryrie preach one time, and uh, the title of the sermon was Learning in the Lord's Presence. Fabulous sermon. I'll never forget. He said, everybody in the Bible, when you read being in the Lord's presence, everybody did the same thing. They fell down on their face. So his sermon was, what did they learn while being in the Lord's presence? And that was the body of his sermon. It was a great sermon by him. So it's normal to become so overwhelmed by who God is and what he's done. You fall on your face like you're in his presence or your body. In this case, his body trembled and his lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones and I trembled in myself that I may rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. I think it's interesting that he says, I don't care what's going to happen now. You know, based on what I just heard in chapter two, I don't know. I don't care. Even if the troops come down, the Chaldean troops come down and they do their thing, their cruelty, their atrocities. He doesn't tremble because the Chaldeans are there. He's trembling because of what the Lord has done. And that's the proper thing. And the Lord is so great that, yeah, like you said, even these enemies that he, at the beginning of the book, says, these are some cruel, evil people. Why are you using it? Well, the Lord is greater, and the Lord has given me his assurance here of who he is. Yes. And, of course, that's going to lead to the last three verses. Verse 17, I think, is fascinating because he says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Folks, those are all sources of food, aren't they? And also, if when he says there's no herd in the stalls, that's both food, but in the ancient Near East, livestock was wealth. I mean, so much for the uh, prosperity gospel here, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> you see what Habakkuk's doing? He said, everything about my life can completely fail. I don't have anything to eat, and I'm poor as a church mouse, as they say. I don't have anything. I'm completely, from an earthly point of view, I am devastated. And yet? And yet, verse 18, I will rejoice in Yahweh. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Isn't that fascinating? Normally, in a situation, what would we do? We would cry. And what would we say? The same thing Habakkuk said in chapter 1. Lord, what are you doing? I think Habakkuk, and there's others in the Old Testament that have done this. I think it's okay for us as believers to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. Right. What are you doing? You cross the line If you say, Lord, you don't know what you're doing. Right. But I think Habakkuk at the beginning of his book was saying, Lord, what are you doing? And don't you get the idea that Habakkuk has been a faithful follower of the Lord for his whole life? Sure. I think it's okay to say, Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand. Help me understand what you're doing. I don't know why I'm going through this. We're all going to go through very difficult, traumatic times. And we can go to the Lord. In fact, he wants us to go to himself and say, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah. But there is a line you don't cross. To me, that was one of the things I learned at Dallas Seminary is if you want to understand God's word, and I especially learned this from Zane Hodges, then pray about it. Seek God and say, show me what your word means. Exactly. So what you got here is a man who has these questions of God. He asks, 
and God in his word responds, and, and as he meditates on these words, here is his, his conclusion. It doesn't matter my condition. I need to praise you, regardless of the circumstances on the earth. You want me to praise you, and now I know why. How hard it is for people to learn this lesson. You know, oh. like he's talking about, even if you take away all my herd, even if you take away all my crops in the field, in our modern day, even if you take away my 401k. Yeah. And my car and, and, my and house, the stock. Yeah, everything. All of a sudden, this doesn't sound so nice anymore. Right, right. It's very nice when it's poetic and it's all this. But the truth is, you know, Paul says he learned whether in plenty or whether in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's not some magic verse. That's just saying... No matter what circumstance. Whatever the circumstance. And that's what Habakkuk is saying, right? I think so, too. This is more or less the Old Testament corollary to Philippians 4.13. And I think we can look at this and say, wow, I don't think I could ever get to that point. But that's what the Word of God can do as it transforms our mind. It it sure can. I mean, Habakkuk got there because of God's Word. All right, I got a question. What is the salvation in verse 18? I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. We've been saying salvation in Habakkuk is deliverance, deliverance from enemies, deliverance from difficulties. So what kind of deliverance is this? I'll take a stab at it. All right. These questions that he's going through, these difficulties he's going through, that because of God's character and because of who he is, he's going to get me through this. He'll deliver me through the whole thing. Yeah. The questions I have, and that's not a a point of, okay, I'm going to be rich when I come through the other side. Sure. But I understand that God is going to judge his people, and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to judge the Chaldeans. And I would wonder if in the background isn't the fact that, okay, Habakkuk knows that he's one of God's people, not just Israel, but he's one of the redeemed. He has everlasting life. He knows he'll be in the kingdom. And so I wonder if, although primarily this looks at deliverance in this life— It also doesn't look to the future deliverance of Israel, the national salvation of Israel. And he knows because he's part of the eternal people of Israel, he will one day be part of that national experience of salvation. If that's not somewhere in the background here, Mm -hmm. that this is a temporary problem, but ultimately he knows his eternal destiny and he knows the eternal destiny of the nation as well. Well, one thing that helps interpret that is look at the tense of the verbs in verse 18. I will rejoice. Yes. I will joy. That's future, isn't it? Yeah. He will, whatever happens to me, he will deliver. He will rescue. And that's going to be here, but it could also be far in the future. Okay, so what about the last verse, David, verse 19? This is, once again, almost a confession of faith. Uh, Notice he says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. That means stability and won't be able, won't be slipping and, and sliding into danger. And he will make me walk on my high hills. That's a place of safety. High hills, you, when you got the high ground, so to speak. This whole thing is a picture, and, and the, the lesson of the book is Habakkuk had to learn that God would handle the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. All Habakkuk had to do was to wait and to trust. Very good. And I think for me, that's the way to summarize the book of Habakkuk. That's right. And we're waiting too. 
We're waiting upon the Lord's soon return. Absolutely. And Habakkuk, what he does at the end of the book is he realizes the power and grace of God, and we need to keep keep grace in focus. Thank you guys for that great discussion. Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other free grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, Bob Wilkin will visit with Ken Yates about one of Ken's daughters, Libby, who liked to call herself Elizabeth, who is now with the Lord. Ken has written a book about his daughter, and it's going to be a heartwarming time when next we meet. I hope you'll join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.